Hello, and welcome to the Double Take Podcast with your hosts, Kirk and Kevin Weber. This is the show for fans of sports, music, and popular culture. On this episode, we discuss our experience on the This Week in Apple podcast, playing Apago online, and a look at the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album. Join us now on Double Take. All right, welcome to uh, the 20th episode of Double Take. This is Kirk Weber with my brother, Kevin Weber, and we thank you for joining us. I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. Uh, We both are experiencing what a lot of people are with staying in our homes and trying not to go out into the public and let this coronavirus situation uh, get better. Uh, In Michigan here, it hasn't. It's been kind of crazy, especially in the Detroit area, but we're praying and hoping that people will um, find relief and get better with that. Kevin and I um, have been kind of busy working on various things podcast-related, and we had one of our more interesting experiences in the last week that maybe some of you listened to. What was that, Kevin? Well, if you are a fan of APA, then you know that Kirk and I were guests this past episode on This Week in APA, which was uh, pretty interesting, wouldn't you say? Oh, it was great. We, I, we both loved it. I don't, I don't think there's any other way around it. Um, and, it, you know, it's, we really appreciate John Aslan having us come on, and he was great to talk to. He interviewed us, but we also got to talk to him. And if you're a listener of our show regularly— you know that the Beatles are a, a hot topic for us, and they will be later in this 20th episode. Um, but we basically um, found out some interesting things from John, and one of those was his first concert experience as a 8-year-old. And here's a little clip from that. No doubt. Do you know my first concert ever? was 1964 the beatles at cincinnati gardens that's true that is my my mom had bought my sister and uh two of her friends tickets to to the beatles of course you know my sister was she's about five years older than me Mm. and uh her friends couldn't go either that or her their mothers wouldn't let them go and so yeah i know (laughs) so she said man do you i you know i got two tickets do you want to go can you bring a friend i called a friend we went because I was, I, I was eight years old, but I was a big Beatles fan. I thought they were great, and that was my mm-hmm. first ever concert. So it's kind of good. It's kind of good bar, you know. Well, as you might be able to notice from our conversation with uh, John, uh, we have pretty good rapport with him. We seem to uh, work off each other pretty well, um, kind of like we do in in this podcast. And I think John seemed to really appreciate that as well. And uh, we had quite an interesting and and. A good conversation that bounced around on several topics. Um, one of the more interesting ones would be um, that you know we talked about Johnny Bench, who is one of Kirk's all-time favorite players, and uh, John Aslan, of course, has some firsthand experiences with Johnny Bench, and, um, and then his just growing up in Cincinnati, and then the experiences that he had there. Yeah, it was great. Like he uh, went to the old Cincinnati Garden. He would talk about he saw Oscar Robertson play. Um, it, it was great talking with him and uh we may he offered to maybe appear on our show sometime or us to come back on his and i'm sure we'll have to work that out yeah that would be a lot of fun i think 
So one of the big topics that we had was from our last episode with John, and that was APA Go related. And some of the ideas that we talked about in our 19th episode, um, and we want to kind of come back to that um, with a couple things on feedback that we got and a few things that we've been doing APA Go related um, during our time in our houses. So right after this break, we'll get into some APA Go. And then after that, later on in the episode, stick around. We'll talk about our next Beatle album. It's been a long time coming. And that'll be Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. All right, welcome back. Uh, so the topic in this segment is going to be APAGO related. Now, in our last episode, we talked about some things that we thought would be good to improve APAGO. We love APAGO. We want it to continue. We had some different ideas. And um, we actually, after posting some of our stuff, got some feedback from APA, from the APAGO official, um, you know, Facebook. Um, and, and why don't we share that since probably not everybody saw that. And I know, Kevin, you have that up in front of you, I think. Yes, I do. So um, they evidently at least listened to part of our episode 19, which we thank them for that. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and they uh, uh, gave us a little feedback because in particular talking about the communication and the message board and things like that. So they said, just a reminder that the forum has automatic login full messaging, uh, direct messaging, and group direct messaging suite with notifications should you wish to have a private conversation or get a message to other players. Bigger leagues and tournaments tend to use email lists as a form of communication. Better integration of communication with tournament functionality is on the list. Good chat. So a very nice um, reply back. Yeah. Um, and I recalled that I had used or gone onto their form before. It's a tab near the top of the page. It's there. And, and the stuff that's in there, it's, it's pretty good, like exactly the stuff that they said. But it's not very intuitive, would you say? No. And, and really, when you look at the top of, the, of an AppaGo website, it says baseball, where you play the game. And it says forums, where you can go to the forums. It, they, it seems like two different things. I know that it's part of their whole thing and in their mind it's the same but you don't get there's no connection with messages or anything like that with forums while playing apago and yeah. that's that's where um i think there's a disconnect it, if i were to get a message and you can friend people i don't know if they call it that exactly but you can you and i did that and experimented mm-hmm. with it and send messages in the forums but there's no way of knowing unless you go into the forum that somebody yeah. did that even if the forum tab popped up and said you had a message or something um somehow there's got to be a way of uh, notifying people about that. That's what I would wish because, uh, yeah. because obviously a lot of other people aren't familiar with that because when you look at the, um, the forum, the, the public forum on the baseball page of Apago, that's where everybody's talking, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so yep. they don't quite get that either. They, there's things that people don't get a lot of. One thing I wish people would do is I'll, I'll look at it and I'm just, they as at, in the users of Apago. They, yes, the users. Thank you. 
Um, like when people would say something like, I mean, I was just looking at it here. I have an open challenge with the 2015 Cubs, no DH, any takers. And, you know, that was like an hour ago. Well, I don't know if somebody took it or not, but I never see anyone post an actual open challenge when you hit play ball. I've done it before. And and you put your About team one out of ten times I can get somebody to take it. Right. Usually it times out. And what yeah. I think is that the open challenges either needs to be more prominent so people know that it's there and people would start using it more because that's the way to go. Oh, I want to play with, you know, the nineteen seventy two Reds. Great. All right. I post an open challenge. I have no D eight, blah blah blah. If somebody wants to play me, they jump in. If they don't, great. It should come up on the message board. Open challenge, Kirk Weber, uh, 1972 Reds. And then they could, like, click on it or something. Yes. If it was like that. But also, like, for example, real quick, back to the forum thing. I looked at the forum thing before a long time ago. And then when I got that message, I I, I shared it with you. And you're like, are you familiar with that? I'm like, yeah, a little bit. You had never looked at it, had you? I had looked at the forums. But when I go into the forums. But he felt like it's a different Web page because it does I was take under you to this, a different web page. Yeah, I was know? under this impression that there was some messaging in the App of Go game that I wasn't aware of. I was like, how did I miss this? I'm pretty good at picking up stuff like this. But when you go into App of, it says App of Go forums, but under that it has App of Go on the top, and then it has all the board games, you know, hockey, soccer, all that. Mm-hmm. It has baseball for Windows. Tournaments. It has this Week yeah. in Appa, all these things. It's even though it says Apago forums, it's really Appa forums that yeah. most people aren't using because they tend to spend a lot more time on Facebook communicating their Appa stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, I mean, the forum is a beautiful yeah. forum. Don't it get is me wrong. Well done. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it it and but it's not utilized. But that seems like a different thing. If I'm playing Apago, I don't want to be on the forum. The forum's a different thing. It's like I don't want to be on Facebook if I'm playing Apago either. It's right. kind of the same yeah. thing, it's, you know, it, or some other needs, social media. I agree. There needs to be an integration of some sort because And if somebody sends me a message through the forum, it doesn't, you know, if I'm on the Apago page, then it's not coming there that no. they sent me a message. It, they're not connected to each other. So that, and I know they said it in our feedback here that they're working on that. And I understand, you know, right. But it's, um, yeah. Like when you get, when you get a challenge from someone, it'll give you a message and pop up on your screen. Mm -hmm. Um, so if there's things like that, there could be more things like that, that would be better. That would be a massive improvement. So, you know, that's kind of just, I mean, that's just kind of where we want to go with it. I, I don't think forums is answering what we're talking about. Yeah, I think the forums is for some people a little confusing. Not mm-hmm. that they're confusing in sense, but like, how does this work? You know, um, it, it there needs to be specific communication abilities within the baseball Apago tab. That's what it yes, needs. I agree. And I was thinking too, like other things they could add. You know, they have the different add-ons, like you can do the custom teams, you can do the, um, you know, unlimited number of custom lineups and all that, that, you know, you pay mm-hmm. $10 and you got that. They should have some kind of development. I know this is probably a big ask, but something they could do that might cost $10, like a commissioner's add-on that helps you set up a league better or helps you mm-hmm. set up a tournament better or mm-hmm. something like that. And then you have that ability to integrate things better. I don't know exactly what that is. I'm not a computer programmer, so I, maybe I'm speaking a little out of turn. But something like that that has a lot more of that functionality for those people that want that. 
Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think that, that, that's a great idea. Um, so that it gives you a lot more options in it, you know, different things they could add. So. Right. And so those are a few ideas. And if anybody has ideas also, or you want to come on and talk to us about this, and maybe we could work somebody in on this and talk about some of these things. We'd love but, to have any of the APA or APA Go people come on and talk to us about it too. That'd be awesome. I know right. that they've been on this week in APA before, but we'd love to have them. Yeah. And maybe we'll have to reach out and see what yep. we can do. But um, you can also email us um, or uh, leave a voice message through Anchor um, or communicate with us through all of our social media, Facebook or, or Twitter. Um, any of those things, you know, double take cast basically is what it all is. And we also have that in the show notes um, on this so you can check it out there too. So sometimes people get sick of you repeating things. But please communicate with us about that. Um, if you're don't want to leave a voice message or get on, we could say listener, you know, Bill said, blah, 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 you know, and we could kind of talk about whatever your idea was. So that would mm-hmm. be great. Yeah. Now, um, on another front with Apigo in this segment was just other ways of using Apigo. Now, I've had a lot of fun this last week or so exploring cards. Um, I'm not sure if I would, I don't, I mean, I'm. I have a month subscription for $20 of basically all the cards that are available. It's wonderful. I think everyone should experience that at least one time. Okay. But I can't imagine I'm going to keep doing that. And um, spend $240 a year to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I know. So like now I'd like to have something more permanent. Okay. Um, and there's other things that you could work out with that, but, um, so most people are in a situation where they buy things. You buy a team for three bucks, you buy a season for 20, um, or you buy greatest teams of all time type thing. They have those packages that are there. A lot of options are, I wish they had the Negro leagues, by the way, that would be really Mm -hmm. cool. But you have, you, you know, make some money from your other podcasts, uh, just a little bit, you know, it's very little like 12 bucks or whatever, but you're looking at banking uh, a few dollars, around 12 and buying four teams on Apico. Yeah. And you were like, what should I buy? And I was like, that's a great question. We should talk about that sort of thing. Like, okay, you're going to buy four teams. What are some options? So I threw out that you should get some variety. You know, you should get a speed team, a power team, a balance team, maybe teams from different decades. Obviously you've gone down the route where you've gotten some of your favorite Tiger teams because you're a Detroit Tigers fan. So like if you're, you know, if you're a Houston Astros fan, you've got the 1980 Astros or something like that, right? Or whatever great Astro team you like. Um, so we came up with some of those ideas. And what so far, you've have you narrowed down at least two of them? Or where are you at? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty certain that I would like to get the 1961 Tigers. Um, and I've got some other ideas on this too. Um, and I'm thinking about the 1929 Philadelphia Athletics as mm-hmm. one of my kind of crazy hitting teams and stuff with some solid pitching. These are teams that would do well, like in the, these one game challenges that we have. You basically need at least one really good starting pitcher. It'd be nice yeah, to like have a good a. reliever. Yep. And you, the team does something well. It hits a lot of home runs or it hits for a really high average or it steals a lot of bases. The other team we talked about that I would seriously consider is the um, 
the 85 Cardinals. Yes. And we played some stuff. And, you know, like I said, hey, challenge me with 85 Cardinals. Challenge me with the 29 A's, you know. And I got to see those teams and see the cards, and I really like those teams. So I guess if we had 61 Tigers, 85 Cardinals, 29 Phillies, I still have um, – Not Phillies, but Philadelphia. Note. You were saying Philadelphia um, A's, uh, yeah, right? Uh, A's, yeah, right. Philadelphia by the A's. the twenty nine Phillies, by the way, are a very uh, interesting team too because yeah. you got Chuck Klein and people like that on there, and Lefty um, O'Doul, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Those right around twenty nine thirty, wasn't O'Doul hitting like almost four hundred, three ninety, yeah, yeah. Something, something crazy like that. And I was thinking about like a nineteen twenty two team, like maybe the Browns or the Giants, one of those teams too. But then when I start looking at this stuff. I start, you know, you look at the great teams of the past. The problem with me getting, there's pluses and minuses to buying a great teams of the past. For one, I could buy four teams for $12, or I could spend eight more dollars, so that'd be 20 bucks, and get 20 teams, you know, mm-hmm. 20 mm-hmm. teams for 20 bucks, or four teams for 12. Well, we know what the better rate is there, all right? Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, for all the great teams of the past, one, two, three, four, and five, I've got some of those teams already that I spent three bucks on. So it sounds like you're kind of getting that team again. That's a little annoying, but I can't really avoid that now because mm-hmm. of the way I've done it. So I was thinking of great teams of the past four, um, and mm. that would get me both the 22 Giants teams. It would not get me the 85 Cardinals. It would not get me the 29 FIs because they're not in there. But it would get me a lot of other really great teams. I could get me the 35 Cubs because I have the 35 Tigers right now, and I could, like, replay the World Series if I wanted to. Um, And, you know, a bunch of other really good teams that are in there as well. Um, So I was thinking that maybe I might do that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not driving a lot. I got some extra gas money around. So maybe, you know, I might be able to throw in that extra 8 bucks of gas I didn't buy these past couple weeks. And get that. And I try to do it this way because, you know, sometimes you go a little crazy on things. And my um, my the Hammer Umpire podcast does pretty well. And I make a few bucks each week. I mean, I think since I started that in October, I've maybe made a total of like forty five dollars total. Okay, so but, you know, so like, you know, I build up I try because it costs you twenty five cents when you transfer your money from the anchor stuff. And I try to, like, think, well, what am I going to use this $12 for to make it seem worthwhile of me doing it? Well, getting a few more Apago teams is kind of cool. It's like, yeah, I kind of bought myself some Apago teams by putting out my little podcast. You know, that's about all I get out of it. So, But that's worthwhile. That's kind of fun, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know what would be really cool is if they came up with another purchasing option for multiple teams. Because, you know, you're buying three bucks a shot. You buy some of these seasons and stuff where you could pick four teams, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of 12 bucks, they say four for 10 or something like that. You yeah, know what I mean? If they had that. Um, because, you know, or if like, they had World Series sets. You yeah. get the, you know, 1946 World Series, instead of it costing you six, it costs five. Right. You Just know, like, you like, like get a dollar off. Like okay. you get a little yeah. bit off because you're buying more than one team. Right. Yeah. Um, or something. And you're still I mean, they're still there, you know. So if, if they ever had that would be cool. I wish they had some all star teams, too. I know yeah, they people, could do all star teams. They put yeah. them together. You know, like some people will put together their like yeah, I saw just one do on the, the custom board. teams. But you got to buy the whole season if you wanted to do that. You right. Know, right now. Right. Yeah. And and some people don't want to spend the time putting it together, but they wouldn't mind having the 1971 all star game or something like mm-hmm. that. 
and yeah. play with those cards or something, you know. So well, I guess we had a few other ideas there, too. But just a, a little bit where if you want to buy more than one team, you get a little bit of a discount, but you're able to get more. And then, of course, the more teams people have, the more that likely they are to play and the more likely they are to probably get more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it all well, I like to try to match up teams with like if somebody picks something like somebody picked the 75 Reds. Well, I try to pick a team that's in some way similar to them. Like somebody picked them the other day and I picked the 35 Tigers and I had a heck of a game with them and ended up winning. But, you know, I figure they're World Series team, World Series team. There you go. You know, have some mm-hmm. good pitchers. And they can hit a little bit. You know, it's like if somebody picks, you know, the – 64 giants who i'm sure are okay but i don't even know what their record is then it's not really fair if you sit there and pick the 27 yankees you know? right yeah so i mean you're you know that's the thing like i was thinking well i could buy the 27 yankees but really how much am i going to play with the 27 yankees because every time you do this like oh it's that guy that always picks the 27 yankees right you know? yeah you the know? other the other thing i wish they would do is have a and in, in, integrate this into challenge modes and stuff is a series game mode Oh where, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like um, like a three game series, a five game, or a seven, and mm-hmm. you know, it's a commitment. But like you, you know, you go okay. Let's play. You know, you you can toggle to different numbers. You know, of games, and and then maybe um, maybe it's real basic where you're just playing those games, or maybe it's something where you can set up um, the the pitching rotation. Um, that yeah. would be even better if you were doing some of your own kind of um, against the computer you know, the AI, where you could have a different pitcher each time. I mean, the AI, mm-hmm. sometimes I don't understand. Like, some of the guys that are sitting on the bench that should be playing, uh, yeah. sometimes they pick, like, a D starting pitcher, and you're like, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or they bring in, you know, like, it's like, okay, they're playing with the 86 Mets, and Gooden starts, and then Darling comes in in relief or something. Right. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, whatever. You yeah, know? it's like, oh, look, Drysdale just started. Oh, Koufax is finishing the game. Great. Yeah, um, exactly. That's yeah. how it works. You know, like <laughs> I had Steve Carlton finishing the game against me and what, something, you know. And I know he pitched a little relief in the late 60s, but, you know, he's starting pitcher. Um, so that sort of thing, yeah. I, I, you know, of course, um, having – more than one AI might be good, but I don't know how hard that is. I, that's a, that's probably way down the list. But, yeah. Yeah, these but other a few other game modes would be would be nice. But so you you know, so you're seriously thinking about not going with four now and just uh, switching over to uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I ran it by my wife, right, and she's like, well, you know, you could have just bought that. I was telling her, yeah, I'm saving up my money from my my podcast. I'm gonna buy some teams there. She's like, well, you know, we got some gas. You could have just bought them. It's no big deal. I'm thinking, okay, then I can <laughs> I can say, well, I'm using the twelve here, and then the other eight, I'm just gonna get that, and I get twenty teams instead of. I mean, I get 16 more teams. Now, like, one of them I have already. I forget what team it is that I have in that. But it's like I get an extra 15 teams. I yeah. mean, I, you know, that's – I think yeah. I would like to go that way, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, And I love – I mean, they are yeah. great teams. What would be nice is if you could uh, be able to custom make your great teams, you know, or something. You know, I mean, it yeah. just be – and I know that's a little different because they package things like – Like an a la carte kind of thing where right. you can, like, say, okay, right. well, you can pick any 10 teams you want for for whatever, you know. Right. How many, how I mean, normally that would be yeah. 30 bucks. so let's say it's 25 or something, you know, yeah. or something. If I don't you know. If you go that way, yeah. You know, but just another option. Anyway, still having fun with Epigo. If there's anybody out there that sees me, I'm Kirk Weber, just all – 
all together when I'm on AmpaGo, and I kind of plug in and out all throughout the day and see what's going on. Um, somebody could challenge me, and uh, up and through um, basically April, I think, 14th of 2020 here, I have every team. So if you want to play against a certain team, let me know, and I'll play with them. You might have to give me a minute. I've never played with them, so I can put together a lineup. But, um, you know, I would be glad to, you know. Like, I mean, you know, you've obviously done this, you know, where you're like, mm -hmm. hey, play with Yeah, this. it's fun. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'm just trying to pull out, like, there's a team that I, uh, next time you might challenge me, and if you have nothing particular, I set up a lineup for um, the 82 Braves. You know how when we used to live in Florida, mm -hmm. but, you know, we watched some of the Braves down on TBS with, Horner and Murphy and um, Chris Chambliss playing first base and all those guys, yep. right? And um, so I was like, eh, I'm going to play with this team. And they had, I think, Claudale Washington on that team. Yep. They had a lot, quite a bit of speed. So, Probably Bob uh, Walk. Bob Walk, uh, right? I think he was one of the, uh, yeah, one of the pitchers. <laughs> but actually their ace, their, the problem is they had no pitching. They had one B starter, and it was uh, Necro. I think Phil Necro. Mm. Um, B with a Y. You know, that was it. Um, but, yeah. You know, I mean, if somebody sees me on there, feel free to, or, you know, shoot me a message or something. and Message you through the forum right now. I guess you could do that, too, right? Yeah, they, they <laughs> could do that, yeah. Um, yeah, you can then, friend either of us through the forum if you want and let us know what you're thinking there, too, I guess. You know, we'll be happy right. to play with you. My uh, username is Weber if I'm on there, so... Yeah. And, and if we could ever get enough interest, we would gladly help with a tournament on there but it's just um it's just hard i see the same tournaments listed there and there's like one person like the person that set it up signed up you mm -hmm. know so that's a little rough um all right so that was our appa talk was featured more on appa go but uh it's still appa um and if you have any feedback on that let us know um we're gonna take a quick break and then when we come back we'll kind of finish things up with our discussion on the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band Beatle album. Thank you for listening, and we'll be right back. Well, welcome back. Uh, finally, we're going to talk about another Beatles album, this time the most famous Beatles album of all time, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band from 1967. Um, definitely one of our favorite albums, but not our favorite album. But mm -hmm. uh, definitely has a lot of things that we can talk about. But remember that a few months before the Beatles were set to record Pepper, um, Bob Dylan released Blonde on Blonde, another album you should all be listening to if you haven't, which mm -hmm. was so big and everything that it ended up being on two records, right? And then, of course, the Beach Boys did Pet Sounds, which kind of stretch the dimensions of um you know sonic what you could do yes, yes sonicness and harmonies and the kind of instruments they were using and i guess they were listening to that quite uh intently while they were making sergeant pepper and so lots of other crazy stuff was going on during this time 1966 into early 1967 you know you got frank zappa doing his thing and um, all kinds of stuff so that leads us into pepper which is still a very enjoyable album to listen to, but just like the songs you listen to on the radio that get played too much sometimes, Pepper kind of does that too. It's always referred to. It's always, you know, right um, from it's the a bit get overplayed. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so even that's, when it came that's out, that's part of the yeah. problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I, you know, whenever we do an album, we like to go back and re-listen. And there's a lot of options, you know. I mean, you could do vinyl versions. Uh, a lot of times people say that with Pepper, um, the mono version is superior to anything, which is uh, the intended way it was supposed to be listened to. I know that George Harrison was partial to, like, mono versions of uh, mixes. Uh, there was a remaster done. Um, well, obviously the first remaster on CD was, you know, back in 87. It was like the first Beatles CD that came out. They did a remaster back in 2009, and then they had the big anniversary um, in 2017, and a deluxe version came out and some remixes of various songs. And then a lot of really nice um, outtakes and alternate versions, too, mm-hmm. um, which is great to listen to, especially if you have like a music service like Apple Music or something, because you can go back and listen to all those. And it's really actually, um, those are in stereo. And in a certain way, I mean, I like to be authentic and listen to it the way that it's intended to. But when I listen to these newer mixes and versions, the stereo is actually more productive for me because I can hear things mm-hmm. um, in different ears. You the know, new when Giles I'm, Martin remix, you know, I had stereo, but it, it's what the I think the Beatles would have liked. I mean, the abilities um, back in 1967 for stereo mixes were were limited. Right. So this is kind of like the mono in stereo. You know, Mm -hmm. don't don't you agree? I I think it's a wonderful mix. I just listened to it again the other day and I was like, wow, this is something else. Like when you um, listen even to the first song, you know, with, you know, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, uh, it um, you can hear like the the guitar work better. um, Mm -hmm. And there's just so many little uh, flourishes. Several songs. I can't remember which one right now that. Like I hear John Lennon talking in the background, and yes. I've never heard that stuff on there right. before. It's like yep. all there, you know, which is cool, you know. Because things um, get because, separated, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, and it probably just was lost um, in the mix before, and they kind of knew that was going to happen. But now it's all there, which makes it seem more, I don't know, live or something, which really adds to it. Yeah, yeah it does. It, it, and, of course, it's so crisp and everything. It sounds, you know, brand new. Um, so yeah, it, it's, um, you, you can appreciate the different instruments, vocal styles. You can, um, hear more specifically what is being sung. Um, even when I was listening to like, you know, a day in the life, which I've heard a million times, right. Um, it, you could hear, uh, John, um, like how he would uh, enunciate things and re- uh, emphasize different letters when he was singing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. In his phrasings um, that you could concentrate on in previous mixes, but it's so much easier to do with the more recent stuff. The wonderful thing about the this new Giles Martin stereo mix is that he uses... Every part of the st- it used to be a stereo mix. Like you have a few things over here in the right, a few things over here in the left, and you know, you might have some things that are kind of in the middle. But he'll have like the vocal kind of like a little off the middle, and then there's like another instrument a little bit to the right center, and then mm-hmm. another one a little bit to. Le- I mean, it's like it's like a whole like um, you know spectrum of things yes. that you can yes. hear. Um, I've never really heard that kind of mix before. It's really cool. You know, yeah. if you you gotta listen to it in earbuds or something, of course. Yeah. yeah, some sort, some sort of yeah, headphones or something. Um, but so we would encourage people to revisit, especially the newer mixes of this, 
even if you feel like you've listened to this album before, um, it'll be a new experience when you do that. Um, as far as, you know, the history of Sgt. Pepper and um, in where it kind of falls into place. I mean, you know, you'll talk to anybody who's a Beatle fan, and um, many times it's easy to just say, to, to kind of try to act like you're not a, you're not impressed with Pepper or something like that. Um, and, and I get where people go with that. But even when it came out, I mean, like the, the reviews, the press clippings, everything, people recognized right away this was something unique and unusual and groundbreaking. And so, um, you know, it like it is something as far as when you place rock music in an art form, that's what they're able to do. And if you can try to put yourself in the context of, you know, the late 1960s when this came out, um, it nothing else sounded like it. And you'll talk to any of their contemporaries, you know, whether it's Pete Townsend of The Who or somebody like that, and they would say it blew their mind. They're like, what is this, right? So that's that's what the context. you got to keep that in mind. And if you do that and you try to listen to things with fresh ears, um, it, it makes the experience a lot better. Um, like, you know, like I, you know, I wouldn't rank it as my number one Beatle album either, but I still enjoy listening to it. And like when I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I got to go back and re-listen to this. I have no qualms in doing that. I was I was more than happy to do that again. Mm-hmm. And I was like the Beatle albums are 35 or 40 minutes usually, and you can listen to them in a reasonable amount of time. Um, you know, the thing is, I, I've been lately uh, listening to all of the Rolling Stones albums. I'm up almost to their latest release here and i listened to their albums through the late 60s there some of those are just weak you know um Mm -hmm. in comparison you know they're trying to like kind of play off of what the beatles were doing and what they were doing with pepper and everything and it's just a big failure yeah they had some big hit singles and stuff but their albums weren't there as always with the beatles albums every song is strong on here now when we first started listening to this uh, w- when you heard Within You Without You, you're like, eh, okay, whatever, a little weird Indian music song from George. But, you know, as I've gotten older, I've really appreciated all George's stuff, particularly his, you know, some of the Beatles Indian-inspired um, music. Right. And, you know, so this that song is very strong and fits in very well with the rest of the album in, in the kind of mystical way that the album has. And the interesting thing, too, when you listen to it on vinyl, is that's the album track that starts side two of the mm-hmm. record you know because mm-hmm. so you end with being for the benefit of mr kite and then you've got one thing you without you and it's like uh if you think of it like two different like sets almost um it's kind of an interesting way to look at it and then you know the other thing is there's you can probably have arguments or debates about this but one of the strongest first three song flourishes of any album in the history of rock and roll is sergeant pepper you know you start out with sergeant pepper you go with in you you know this transition into with a little help from my friends, and then you come to Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Um, you, those three songs are iconic songs. Um, they give a variety, especially with a little help from my friends. You know because Ringo singing that he's it's his strongest vocal ever, and he is underappreciated and a good vocalist, and has had some good songs over his career, but that one there nailed it. I mean, mm-hmm. that was, that is just a outstanding, one of the best Beatle vocals ever. I think and, it's my favorite Ringo Beatles song. Yeah, know? I would say so. And I, you know, it's one of those where even people who 
maybe aren't into the Beatles and don't know even who's singing and, and things like that. Uh, and I run into this with teenagers, you know, in high school. Um, that's a song that as soon as they hear it, they like it. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't think I've ever run into anybody that said that they didn't like with a little help from my friends. It's got, it's Paul McCartney fun. did a great job writing that song. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, it's what, you know, so, I mean, I, I think that there's something to be said about that. It has something magical to it. I don't know. It just has a certain nostalgic sound in his vocal. It's got a great melody. Um, and then there's some cool outtakes on the deluxe version that came out a couple years ago um, mm-hmm. of early versions of it where they just have, um, I think, one of those. I don't know. I was just listening to it where they're just playing the backing instrumentation. And mm-hmm. it's super cool. You know, well, um, with that and a lot, uh, pretty much throughout this whole LP is Paul McCartney's bass playing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is out of this world. If anybody thinks that Paul McCartney is not a great bass player, they need to listen to Pepper. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> because he is just rocking it every time. Yeah. Know? And when so. you when you're not listening to the vocal, it's um it just uh it, it it's more pronounced and I it, frequently yeah. when I listen to this album now find myself just listening to the bass. I kind of tune out a lot of the other stuff. I just listen to the bass line uh, mm-hmm. on songs, you know. Yeah. So No, it's And of uh, course, as as usual with the Beatles albums, they didn't put their singles on this album. So we no. have Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields Forever. That were released as a kind of a double A side single, um, a little bit before the album came out, and if you added that onto this album, then I mean this this is a fairly untouchable album anyway. But with those songs added into the mix, um, you know it's yes, it's at the top of the heap. And there's different versions of those songs on the um, deluxe version, which to anyone who knows anything about the Beatles is no surprise. But um, you know that that's because they're part of this this time frame. Um, and then the other thing that is key, and may as well throw it out there, is the album cover. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. You know, there's lots of iconic Beatle album covers, but this is this and Abbey Road are the two big ones. And, um, you know, people have made fun of this one. You know, they've mocked it. They, You know, you have the Simpsons as, you know, the Beatles album cover for Sgt. Pepper or something like that, right? Of course, you also have them walking across the street, too. Um, but just all of these icons and people that are on the, who's on it, who's not the whole story behind putting that together. Um, and it's, you know, very visual in course they're in the pepper costumes, which have their own kind of legacy. Um, there's a lot of visual aspects to things too. It was also how it was packaged. Um, you know, nowadays people buy things so much digitally, they don't even think about that. But we used to, you know, get CDs back in the day, and you'd have, like, lyrics and things like that in it. But before Pepper, it, um, it you didn't have things packaged together. No, it was pretty much just a dust jacket slid into there, and that's what you got. You got a front and a back. Uh, this one here opened up. It had all the song lyrics in there, extra mm-hmm. photos. It had some inserts, uh, like cut out, like die die cut inserts um, as part of the packaging. Um, All of that. A poster and stuff. And the new version, the the 2017 version, has all that stuff. And it is sweet. It is the best of all the albums that I have. It's really cool. When you open it up, it's like, you know, it's like a big piece of art. I mean, and that, that definitely led into them 
probably getting good reviews and everything else too because of the quality of the packaging and everything else even before you put the record on your turntable you know you had all that yeah. going and then it's like boom you know sergeant pepper guitar riff starts opening things up and and you have those first like, three songs heck? yeah yeah you have, and people and, are like okay and yeah. then by the time yeah by the time you got to uh lucy in the sky with diamonds you were probably like oh yeah this is pretty good you know yeah um so and then you just keep rolling with it um the other thing is if you look at the history of the beatles or and it's fun to do um they are known for the variety and the influences that they have and a lot of those come out with the different songs that are there whether it's uh odes to like paul's childhood with his father and kind of the jazz band eras and um just different sounds that are there you know not just george harrison doing you know stuff with sitar and indian music but you know you have uh psychedelic things going on you have ballads you have all sorts of and of course some rock and roll too um blended into this and it gives you that variety that they are sometimes taking for granted for but known for and how well they could pull each of those off now by the time you get to the white album they're still doing more things like that but um i think on this one we start seeing that variety it's like an it's like a pop avant-garde album that really works it's not like weird stuff that you don't get you get it all you know um, so there's sometimes you'll listen to all kinds of bands and there's certain songs and you're like, what in the heck is this? This doesn't really seem to fit, but it all seems to fit together in just a certain way because obviously they were kind of on the same wavelength as they were recording it. And it all, you know, and also with, with George Martin and everybody else and their engineers, it all kind of worked together and, and it just came out perfectly, you know, just mm -hmm. by chance in some ways. You know. And of course, if you don't know a little bit about the history of it, they had just stopped at the in the end of the summer, early autumn, I guess, um, August of 1966. They stopped their world touring and um, took a break. And then the next album that they do is Pepper. And they spend a lot more time. They used to just rush in and do just certain tracks and try to finish albums in between gigs and appearances on programs and stuff like that. And now they spent about a half a year putting together this album, which nowadays is still not that long to do an album. But back then, that was crazy because of the uh, how expensive um, studio time was and stuff. But they were given that liberty to do that, and they took advantage of it. Um, so, mm -hmm. you, you know, this is the result. That's what you get. So it, it definitely is uh, a landmark moment in, um, really, in 20th century history. And as time goes by, Pepper will always kind of have something that will, it'll, it'll have a legacy to it well beyond our lifetimes. Um, and, you know, most, a lot of the Beatle music will do that, but definitely Pepper will fit into there. So whether you think it's their best album um, ever or not, really doesn't matter. It's immaterial. It, it already has its, it's already kind of yeah. etched itself in. Um, so please take a listen. And uh, if you have any feedback, get back to us, uh, social media, you can leave a voicemail, you can send us an email, double take, uh, double take cast, um, and we will uh, gladly respond and um, see what, you know, what we can come up with. Um, in the meantime, we will take a listen to our uh, kind of the next thing chronologically with the Beatles, and that would move us, it's a little tricky, it's not that tricky, I guess, but 
by the end of 67, they move into another movie and they have a soundtrack for that. And that is Magical Mystery Tour. Um, and that's really kind of the next thing that we go to. Um, so that'll be our, now how that, how people look at that and where that was released CD wise, it's pretty common, but back actually when it came out, it was a little different depending on what country you lived in. Right, mm-hmm. Kev? America so. actually got it right. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. First time that on the yeah. releases of those, they the actually albums. worked it out. Yeah. yeah. But we will talk about the content on that, which is some great stuff. Um, in our next um, Beatle talk on our next episode, but on this 20th one, um, and we were talking about how, um, you know, it starts off this album 20 years ago today. Um, it seems appropriate that on our 20th episode, maybe we talk about Sergeant Pepper. And so we did. We uh, I'd like to say that we were holding off into our 20th episode, but that's not really the case. Um, <laughs> so yeah, because we had a couple other out. things, that, but it worked out nice. And sometimes there's, you know, karma with that, right? Double Take is recorded using Audacity and CleanFeed. We use Fifine USB microphones and distribute through Anchor.fm. Theme music, Funk in the Trunk, is by Shane Ivers at SilvermanSound.com. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at DoubleTakeCast, or email us at DoubleTakeFeedback at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.